welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Bless the Lord. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That righteous man was, first of all, Jesus. Everything was choreographed. Everything was ordered. Everything was measured. From the beginning of time, the Apostle John said he saw, as if it were, a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, salvation wasn't born out of chaos. It was a plan. Oh, hallelujah. It wasn't that in the Garden of Eden, God turned to Gabriel in some sense of panic. What did Adam just do, Gabriel? Have you got any solution for me? What about you, Michael? Amen. No, friends, the plan of salvation. God executed this plan of salvation. From his conception to his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, His resurrection, which we celebrate today, and in 48 days' time, we celebrate His glorification when the birth of the church in Pentecost happened on that great day over 2,000 years ago. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of everyone. And as we watch, some of us were here Friday evening to watch the Passion of the Christ I, haven't, I, I didn't realize it was such a long time since I've watched that movie how, how graphic it was. I think many of us were ill-prepared when we came in. Uh, Pastor Partick was undone the whole weekend. He told me he's been weeping. He was weeping here at, 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 this, at the service. But when we look upon the, 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 the loved Son of God, the afflictions, yet God delivered him out of everyone, friends, and rose him up out of the grave today. That's why we celebrate Because he has life, we also have life in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Savior not just teaches us how to live. He taught us how to die, trusting the hand of God. And as opposed for the Christian, the resurrection is the most important point. The Apostle Paul is very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If there is no resurrection, he says, then then, then Christ is not raised and your faith is in vain. It means your sins aren't forgiven. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, it means there was no forgiveness for sins. It meant that God wasn't satisfied with the sacrifice, which meant there was a debt still to be paid to God that you and I would have to bear the consequence of. But hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. You may owe a big electricity bill. You may owe a big gas bill. Maybe a ginormous gas bill. But you owe nothing to God. I said you owe nothing to God. That debt was being paid for, friends. Amen. Paid on the nail. Amen. Literally, when we saw the stripes that were laid across his back, the thorn of crowns that was pressed into his head, friends, a man to be pitied. A man, the Bible says, so grotesquely marred that we hid our, our faces from him. We couldn't bear the look of him. And I sat there Friday night. I was looking up, and I was looking away, and I was looking up, and I was looking away. I couldn't bear it. Another lash, another beating. I wanted to get out of Cork Church. I actually wanted to leave for some reason to go into the red carpet area because my natural man was offended at such horror. Such was the price of our salvation. But thanks be to God, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Hallelujah. Muhammad is dead. Krishna is dead. Buddha is dead. Marx is dead. Lenin is dead. Darwin is dead. But Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Every parting 
gives a foreshadow of death, but every reunion gives a hint of resurrection. Can you say amen today? Hallelujah. What a man we serve today. We have a man in heaven, the man Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The Savior makes his transition from public acclamation and popularity to betrayal, death, and resurrection, and then to glorification. Just as we spoke last week in Luke 9, he has his encounter with Moses up on the Mount of Transfiguration. And there he began to talk about his exodus. Moses led the first exodus that was bringing the people out of Egypt into the borders of Canaan, friends. But thank God through the miracles of the blood of the Lamb and the parting of the Red Sea, that was Moses' exodus. But our Lord's exodus was to be an exodus of exoduses, the victory of victories. His miracles justifies his claims. His blood would speak a better word than the blood of sheep and goats. He would open a path, friends, not through the lower oceans, but through the higher heavens, splitting the veil of the temple and allowing all mankind to walk into the presence of God. Hallelujah. That is who we serve today. Amen. Not the paltry elemental things of this world, friends. Something far higher was happening. He talked about the seed of corn. In John 12, he warned them. And as the seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But they were so ill-tuned into him, friends. Their, their idea of what God should be, what the Messiah should be, what their life should be, should be something completely different. But thanks be to God this morning, my ways are not your ways, nor my thoughts your thoughts. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so my ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts, says the Lord. And so the, the life of the Christian is a life to trust in him. Yes. Trust that he knows best, friends. Even when we talked last week of left and right, many of you are going through valleys of decisions today. And you must trust God with your circumstance. Amen. You must surrender to the will of God. You must say, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands will I give my life today. That's the walk of the Christian. The Bible says the just must live by faith. And this is what God expects from us in the light of Calvary, in the light of the resurrection, in the light of the glorification. Will you trust me, says the Lord? Yes. Trust me with every area of your life. Trust me to make you happy. Oh, my God, many have gotten quiet today. Oh, we trust you with sins forgiven. We trust you, Lord, we, we see your passion. We see that you set your face like a flint. We see you endured such hostilities against yourself from the likes of us. So, Lord, we've no problem trusting our souls. We've no problem, Lord, trusting that you have forgiven us, that the blood was enough. But to make me happy, well, that's another story. Oh, I want to tell you, friends, can you make the journey? Can you, can you continue on the journey? Can you, can you hold his hand? Can you walk with him today in the light of what he has done for you? In the light of the cross, friends, in the light of the love, in the light of the passion. He told him he's going to die. But when it came to it, they themselves found that they were totally unprepared for what was going to happen. They were totally unprepared for it, friends. Disciples of Jesus, the followers of Jesus, they saw his miracles, they saw his passion, they saw his compassion. They saw how he came alongside the sinner and the broken. They saw how he fed people that were hungry, that he was not indifferent to the need of the people around him. He saw, they saw that, but yet when it came to his death, they were unprepared because death seems so final. And most people are unprepared for death. Most people are not ready for death, friends. But I want to tell you, 
Our Lord has written the promises of resurrection. Not just in, uh, in books alone, friends, but in every leaf of springtime. I want to tell you, if you're depressed, if you're worrying, if you're mourning, there's some here mourning still, loved ones that they've passed on. It seems so final, but I want you to walk outside today and walk down the park and begin to see the leaves coming back on its trees again. That's God saying to you, the resurrection is coming. Amen. It's not over yet. And the Christian has a hope that burns within them today. That even though my dead are in the grave and their bodies wax cold, and even though they are but dust now, there is going to come a trumpet, friends. There is going to be a trumpet, friends, where the Bible says that even the dead in Christ shall rise again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go home and read it tonight. Corinthians chapter 15, that incredible teaching of the Apostle Paul when he talks about all the intricacies and wonders of the resurrection. Praise his wonderful name. Every parting gives a foretaste of death and every reunion a hint of resurrection. When we witness death, it is the greatest test to our faith. My dad's anniversary is coming up. Others here, as I said, are still mourning. Some very recently. But you know what, friends? Death comes in all different forms as well. And the resurrection is something to say to every one of them. Hallelujah. There's a promise in the resurrection, not just for the physical body. We absolutely believe that we sow the body into the earth in corruption, but raise it again onto incorruption, amen, and into immortality. And there's a great chapter, and I'm not going to go there for time this morning, but Luke 15, I want you to read this tonight if you get a chance. Luke 15 is a tremendous three parables of Jesus talking about death. It talks about death, three parables of death. It doesn't use the exact word death. It uses a Greek word called apoloi, which means to die or destroys or to lose or to perish, to subdue, to reduce mental liveliness, to mortify, to humiliate. And of course, it's the three stories of a lost coin, the lost sheep and the lost son. And that lost word, as I said, is to die or destroy or to perish, but all of them were dead. A woman had 10 coins, the Bible said. And she lost one of them and she's panicking. But the Bible says she turned on the light and she swept the house clean. And she found that lost, that dead coin. It was dead to her. It was dead to her economy. It was dead to her savings balance. It was dead to her inheritance to her children. But she lit that light and she scoured that house and she found it. And that which was dead was brought to life again. He tells another story about a lost sheep. And the word lost means dead as well. It means to mortify. I need you to remember the meaning of that word. Because some of you here, the word dead means to have reduced mental liveliness. <laughs> you don't need Red Bull, friends. You just need a touch from God. Amen. Amen. And that sheep is lost to the shepherd. It's dead. There's no way of retrieving it. But he goes out and he seeks and he finds that which is lost. And then he talks about the dead son, the prodigal, who spent his entire substance on riotous living, dead to all that he knew to be normal. His life had fallen apart. He's, he's far from home. 
far from the heart of God's plan for his life, far from the the love of his father and the security of his family, and finds himself in the squalor of a pig den and eating the food of the swine, friends, and having fallen to such a low ebb as a man. He was dead, but not without resurrection. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, the resurrection speaks life to every area of your life. The resurrection speaks life to your finances in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The resurrection speaks life to your relationship with God. The resurrection says no matter how dead your life seems, no matter how far you're gone, that God's power is able to reach you and restore you and wake you up and raise you up and seat you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Why do we rejoice this morning? Because the power of the resurrection reverberates for centuries around this world, seeking men and women to revive them, to restore them, to build them up, to bring them back into the common love of God again. Oh, we bless God. He's the light of the world, friends. His eyes seek to and fro those who are looking for him. So many have a dead faith. You need a touch of resurrection this morning. You come to the right place. The presence of God is here. You can sense him. Open your heart today. You may have a dead marriage. You might have a dead relationships. Maybe you're fighting with family. Maybe your faith, as I said, is dead. Maybe you're dead morally, dead spiritually, dead fellowships, dead churches. Let me tell you, the resurrection speaks a better word to you. His sacrifice speaks a better word than the word of bulls and goats, friends. His blood speaks a better word over you today. His promises are yes and amen. And the guarantor of that is the Holy Spirit of God that goes to and fro this world, reconciling men, reconciling men to God and bringing them into that wonderful, wonderful pasture of heaven. Hebrews 11 says that women received their dead back to life. I want to tell you, friends, that woman has to be the church. Before it's anybody else, the church of Jesus Christ has to begin to believe for every wayward husband, every wayward wife, every wayward son, every wayward daughter. Amen. We have to believe that the resurrection power of God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that God can do it. Hallelujah. We sang it down, be the glory. The last verses, no more without thee, glorious prince of life. Life is not without thee. Aid us in our strife. Make us more than conquerors through thy deathless love. Bring us safe to Jordan, to thine home above. Oh God, this morning, drop something into the heart of Cork Church that Lord God, even though we might be looking at deadness in so many areas of our life, that we would believe in the resurrection power, oh God. That you can call forth that which is not as though it were, God. That you can, Lord, reach, Lord, into the pit, Lord, into the very miry clay, Lord, and bring it back to life again. Women received their dead back to life. What is it that's dead in your life, friends? What is it that sin has got a chokehold? Let me tell you, don't tell me this morning that it's beyond the power of the resurrection because the resurrection broke the power of sin. It broke the power of death, friends. And he ever lives and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And you have every right to go into the throne of grace in time of need and ask God for a miracle. Hallelujah. Have you asked him for miracles? Have you truly asked believing? Have you asked believing on the basis of the cross, friends? Upon the basis of the resurrection? Has it upped your confidence level to go in before God and say, oh God, my life's a mess. My life is dead. My, my reputation is dead. You know, God can give you back your reputation. Yes. 
you know God can restore you? Amen. He can restore your good name. Hallelujah. Do you know he can restore? It was never good to start with, but he can restore a good name. Do you know he can restore in you a sense of hope, a sense of belonging, a sense of future? Do you know he can restore into you again a sense of purpose when you've lost that purpose, when it's been dead? When you thought your purpose was X and you went after it all your life and you invested into something that brought nothing but misery and death and unhappiness to you and now you look back and you think it's over. I've wasted my life just like the prodigal on riotous living. Let me tell you, friends, there's a destiny of ages for you to love and to serve. A destiny of ages that the resurrection can create a fire in you again to believe for today and for hope for tomorrow. Hallelujah. The past is not the standard. I said the past is not the standard. It's the cross of Jesus Christ speaks a better word for your future. Whatever the past is, it means nothing anymore. It's gone. It's under the blood. But there is a resurrection, friends, that redefines who you are, calls you a son, calls you a daughter, calls you more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. That's the battle, friends, to break through all the nominal soft philosophies of this world and all these barstool philosophies that we battle with, people battle with, and all these foolish arguments of genealogies that cross battles to only believe all things are possible. Put your confidence in me, says the Lord. Whatever you're going through, my son has already went through it, and I rose him from the dead, and I will also give life to your mortal body. Hallelujah. What a promise you have as a Christian. Some are here, your bodies are broken. Some are very badly broken, but it's not always going to be that way. One day you're going to dance in the presence of God. One day your body is going to be brought back to you. You're going to be raised and sown in corruption, but raised into incorruption. Hallelujah. Some of you got bad hearts, friends. Some of you got bad DNA. It doesn't matter. There's a resurrection for you. There's a glorification of that body. There's an exaltation of that where we will walk with him. Hallelujah. We will walk with the Lord. Praise his wonderful name. What a promise we have. Come on, Buddha. Tell me what you can do to beat that. Krishna, Muhammad, all of you are all in debt today, but Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Still changing lives. Still transforming men and women. Still confounding the wise of this world, friends. Still showing forth their utter bankruptness when it comes to any sense of promise or purpose. Jesus Christ is the same. Whatever debt you're experiencing today, I want to tell you in Jesus' name. I want to tell you, he hears you, he sees you. Has your hearing died? Has your eyes died from unbelief? Has your appetite for righteousness dulled? Maybe your prayer life is lifeless. I want to tell you, God can revive in you a prayer life. Hallelujah. Not just a prayer time. Some of you are good at prayer times, but it's a prayer life. That all of a sudden, God fills you with the hope of the glorification of a future body and a resurrection from the grave and the power of Christ, friends. That all of a sudden, that you're praying all the time. Men should always pray and not faint. I like when Pastor Steve said, here at Cork Church, we're not fainting because we are praying and trusting. And not just prayer times, but prayer lives, friends. Walking the streets, driving your cars, doing the hoovering, doing the work, whatever it is. There's a cry in the heart to God. Something sings out from the inner man, Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. My soul, soul, soul sings to you this morning, Lord. From the depth of my being, from the depths of Sheol, I cry to thee, and thou hast heard me. Hallelujah. Maybe, you, maybe, you, maybe your prayers are lifeless. Maybe your fruit is sparse. Maybe you think the tree is dead. Maybe you've lost your coin. Maybe you've lost your marbles. It doesn't matter. God is able to revive you. Hallelujah. 
Some are here this morning, and you could have been a contender, as I said. You could have been a wealthy man. Now you're poor because of some shady deals or bad business dealings. I want to tell you, God can restore your fortunes of old. Hallelujah. You're not defined by the past. The past means nothing. I said the past means nothing. It stands for nothing. It's not the standard. The standard is the resurrection, the glorification, the exaltation of Christ is your exaltation. The glorification of Christ is your glorification. He, Ephesians chapter 2 says we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. That is who we are. That's where we are. That's how God sees you this morning. And you better start accepting it, friends, because that's where you're going. That's where you are. And that's where you're going. What a wonderful Savior. What is dead can be made alive. What is lost will be found. Are you ready to receive your dead back to life? Maybe you've consigned it to, oh, well, it's never going to happen. I want to tell you this morning, I had to live through this death and resurrection because I have people in my life that I deeply, deeply love. And they're nowhere. They're nowhere spiritually. And sometimes these voices crowd out faith in my life by saying they'll never be there. You'll be up there and you won't have them with you. But I want to tell you, my God is the God of the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. I believe the promises are yes and amen. I believe there's household salvations. I believe there's husbands and wives that can stand in the gaps and pray for the grace of God to such a saturating level that men and women are compelled by the love of God. Oh, hallelujah. I believe as we simply begin to withdraw from our own efforts and cast ourselves right upon the effort of Christ, that the Holy Spirit begins to witness and bear witness that we are his sons and his daughters and that whatever we ask then in his name, he hears us for his mercy's sake. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive your dead? Are you ready to believe God? Are you ready to look forward in faith rather than looking back in unbelief? The church, the bride, the woman has every right to receive her dead back to life. For her Christ is the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, the Bible says, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He said to them. And I can imagine the 12 are scratching their head, saying it's a little bit cryptic, isn't it? But I'm telling you, when the resurrection happened, there was no scratch in their head. Yeah. I'm sure when he said that beforehand, they said, yeah, well, we believe. What does all that mean? But when they saw what they saw, friends, on the third day, when Peter and John go to that grave, and the women are running back, and they're running in, and there's this clash of emotion, and they saw how marred, how beaten, how broken, how devastating the cross was to him. And then they saw an empty grave. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, then Peter's saying, I'm telling you, I believe. I believe everything about what he said. I believe he is God. I don't understand how a man could be God, but he's God. I don't understand how he did these things, but he's done them. And I understand that one day he's coming back for me. And to his glory, I'll live. Hallelujah. It transformed these men, friends. The resurrection put something into them. I'm telling you, put something into them because they went back in to Jerusalem for 10 days when there was still a bloodlust in Jerusalem for anyone that confessed the name of Jesus. They took their lives in their hands as Nazarites going right up to the big smoke of Jerusalem and waiting in the belly, you could say, of the devil's cauldron waiting for Pentecost to happen. They took it on. Why? Because they saw him, friends. They saw him. Men saw him and believed, but let me tell you, blessed art thou much more who have not seen but yet believe. I want to tell you there's something wonderful when, when you don't rely upon your physical eyes. It's true what those statements says, even if there wasn't the physical proof, and there is massive 
of spiritual proof. It's more proof to the point that Jesus died and rose from the dead than anything to do with Caesar's Augustus wars. If you judge the standard of history by manuscripts and datings and eyewitness accounts, that's the only way we can judge history, friends, is by those sort of metrics. And when you judge the Bible and the Bible's accounts by the same actual metrics, we stand up greater than Napoleon Bonaparte does because nobody here ever met Napoleon Bonaparte. Amen. You're just relying on some sort of paintings and some sort of inscriptions and some people's writings. But why not tell you, friends, but even without all that, why do I believe? Because for me, the power of the resurrection Hallelujah. rose me from a dead life and brought the power of God into me. Yes. We don't walk by sight, friends. We walk by faith. Yes. Thanks be to God because he gave us a brain. He didn't expect us to commit intellectual suicide. He understands that we will fight against logic at times because faith defies logic many moments. It doesn't always defy it, but when it does, friends, it expects you to land on the side of faith. Yes. Can you say amen? amen. There was, comes times, friend, there comes a time when you cannot, when Dr. Craig or any great philosopher cannot just bring an answer to you, but it's not about the answer anymore. It's about the character of the person that I believe in. Amen. That's what it's about. It's about his character. I know who I have believed. He is the only one that comforts me. When I fail him, he's the only one that doesn't condemn me. And maybe you haven't had that revelation yet. Let me tell you, when you fail him, when you do all the time, he doesn't condemn you. I'll condemn you. Others will condemn you. Your boyfriend will condemn you. Your wife might condemn you. Your colleagues might condemn you. Your children might condemn you. Your friends might condemn you. But he doesn't condemn you. He loves you. Hallelujah. Who loves me like that? I have a great wife. I've got a great mom. I've got, some, I've got great children. But nobody loves me like Jesus. Nobody can put up with me like Kim Anil. I absolutely know that for sure. I'm not that lovable. Sometimes we think we are, but we're not. We're actually quite ugly in our natural nature. But we have a God that can see through all that. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who saw, he set his face, the Bible says, like the flint towards that cross. Hallelujah. In other words, he became stony-faced. He became sharp. It was the cross he was going to go. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him to endure its hostilities. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Christ is the resurrection and the life. The apostles believed it. The resurrection was the proof and the confidence of the apostolic fathers. A proof that kept them solid and believing till the very end. And let me tell you, they were all tested. The only one that died out of natural life was John. And every one of them were skinned, alive, martyred, friends, put to the sword, beheaded. Died the most awful deaths, crucified. They put stone to death. Others were friends. Sawn asunder in the Old Testament they were. But I want to tell you, friends, they believed it. And why would you be able to endure hostility when it comes upon you? Because the day of hostility will come. We are coming into the end of time as we know it, friends. Whether our, we see it or our children see it, I, I think our children may see it. Maybe not us, possibly us. When hostilities will rise against Christians. Where it will be no longer tolerable to be a born-again man or woman that believes in the standard of Scripture. And they'll come for you. And they'll come for your families. And they'll imprison you. And they'll confiscate your goods. And they'll say all manner of evils against you for his name's sake. But he says, blessed are you. Why can you endure it? Because you know the resurrection power in your life. And I want to tell you, Christian, that is the reality. Every Christian has the revelation of the Holy Spirit in them. 
Every Christian, we may not be able to answer every theological question on this planet for you. Some are much more better than others. But for those of us who know nothing other than Christ Jesus and Him crucified, let me tell you, that's enough. Yes. Hallelujah. It's enough for survival and it's enough for endurance. And so the apostles, they galvanized in their spirit that this man, Christ Jesus, that suffered under Pontius Pilate, that was crucified and was buried and rose again on the third day. And he came and he began to minister to them, friends. They knew who he was. And so do you. You are privileged this morning to be in the resurrection power of God. You are privileged to have the name Christian. Hallelujah. You are privileged to be called a son and daughter of the, not the dead king, of the living king. <laughs> we don't serve a dead king. We serve a living king. Hallelujah. If Christ died and rose again, there is no problems, no circumstances, and no situations that can, cannot be resurrected. I want you to believe God for your marriage. I want you to believe God for your health. I want you to believe God for your finances but I want you to believe God for your sons and your daughters and for our community. And that God would be released again on our nation one last great move of His Spirit yes. where many will see and many will fear and many will put their trust in the Lord our God. Hallelujah. What a God we serve this morning, Cork Church. I'm telling you, there's not another life worth living. There's not another personality worth following. Yes. If you don't believe me, COVID proved that one. COVID-19 proved it. They all ducked for cover, didn't they? Where was the mighty man then? Where was the intellectual? Where was the scientists? Where was the politicians? Where were all the philosophers and debaters of our time? They were cowering to the fear of death, friends. But where was the Christian standing in faith, awaiting in faith their deliverance, submitting to the will of God? Why? Because we've already died. And we live only for as long as he wants us to live. Amen. Amen. And when it's time to go, friends, my grace will be sufficient for you. Yes. I want to tell you, I've never seen the righteous suffer, friends, any sort of indignation and death, but I've seen them rise. I, even the poorest Christian that lived the most faultiest life, the most greatest grace given to them was at their final hours when they rose beyond mediocrity and they rose ahead of all the failures of the past. And I saw on deathbeds some of the greatest saints, some of the greatest manifestations of the glory of God in some of the weakest, most miserable Christians. They died with their boots on, let me tell you spiritually. They died believing and they went into the hands of God and so it will be for you. That will be your end. Yes, the enemy tries to say, I'm going to get you. He ain't going to get you. He, God has already got you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you might suffer a lot of your foolish decisions, and I hope you start learning because you don't need to pierce yourselves through so many sorrows. You don't need to do that. It's a tragedy as a pastor to see so many Christians piercing themselves through with carnal and silliness that, that does nothing but destroy their peace in this world. But I want to tell you, even those who have, the resurrection power comes at the latent stages of life, and the faith begins to rise as we embrace the oceans of death in front of us. We understand that as a resurrection, there's someone waiting for us at the other end. Bless the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Praise His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of these great benefits, friends. Hallelujah. Who heals all. Who forgives all. Hallelujah. 
who crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercy so that your strength is renewed like the eagles. What's he talking about? He's talking about the resurrection. Bow your heads with me this morning. Come on. Even stand with me and just raise a hand to the Lord, actually. Stand and bow your heads in reverence to the Lord and begin to honor him right where you're standing. For this is our king. This is our resurrection and life. Amen. And now he is in heaven today, friends. I want to read you just a closing verse as you're worshiping. Keep your eyes closed and your hearts. Just train, train your heart on the Lord just for a moment. Just for a moment, I'll read you the last verse here. Hallelujah. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. Then he laid his right hand on me and he said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega. I died, but look, behold, I am alive forever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Hallelujah. No more fear, Lord. No more fear of death, friends. No more fear in life. For our Christ is the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.